Generation Z is America's largest generation, accounting for more than a quarter of the nation's population. And they're growing up. The oldest members of Gen Z are now in the workforce, and that means they're earning and spending, saving and borrowing. The digital savvy of Gen Z is a plus now for banks and other financial institutions, dealing with the physical limitations in place due to the novel coronavirus. But it also turns out that this youngest generation has more in common with their parents banking-wise than one might think. For more insights on the developing financial habits and preferences of Generation Z, we speak with Carl Dahlgren, Managing Director of Research at BAI. Actionable insights can help power smart decisions. Each week, the BAI Banking Strategies podcast focuses on important issues facing financial services leaders, as well as the emerging trends that are rapidly reshaping the financial industry. I'm Terry Badger, your host and the managing editor at BAI. Pull up a chair and join us. Welcome to the BAI Banking Strategies podcast. Today's guest is Carl Dahlgren, Managing Director for Research here at BAI in Chicago. Carl is with us to help dig down into the results of a recent survey conducted for BAI Banking Outlook on the emerging financial habits of Gen Z, those born starting in the late 1990s. Carl, thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. So Carl, you wrote about the Gen Z survey for BAI Banking Strategies this month. And in the article, there were a number of interesting findings on Gen Z's financial services habits and preferences. What were some of the big things from the survey that jumped out at you? Often when people think of Gen Z, they think the digital generation. And the assumption is that they're very mobile and that they're going to perform all of their banking activities virtually. Uh, That's true. They do like the mobile channel. But they use the branch and drive-ups more than any other generation, even the boomers. So they like all channels. Uh, Gen Z is uh, hungry for advice on the challenges that they're facing in their financial lives, um, partly because of their age. But uh, I think that was quite surprising to me. It's, and, and I think surprising to most. They're not just digital. Uh, you know, aside from the digital part, which is, which is kind of a new thing given the times, but so far as the seeking the advice, the, the going to the branches, all of that, is that basically uh, the same as what happens with every generation as they join the workforce and start having money of their own to manage? To some degree, but not necessarily, right? Because each generation uh, grows up under a different uh, set of circumstances. So the millennials grew up with different challenges than than Gen Z or Gen X or the boomers. Um, So age does change, and that is a changing variable, but so does the world around us. And so I think there is a learning curve for all of us as we age and learn more about, uh, you know, the financial aspects of our lives and those aspects change as we grow older. So in that sense, there is some similarities between generations. But interjecting a bit of my own opinion here, I think we're seeing some early indicators that Gen Z is behaving a little bit differently than the millennials with some movement in towards um, in the spectrum of relationships and in-person transactions. They're they're moving a little bit more towards that than, say, the millennials did. Uh, What can you tell us about what we've learned about how loyal a customer Gen Z is when it comes to financial institutions? Well, the good news for incumbents is that... um, two-thirds of Gen Z will use the same financial organization as their parents. But those organizations can't rest on their laurels. 
this is not a sticky generation, meaning that they're likely to leave. In fact, 70% of Gen Z said that they're willing to switch for a financial services organization that demonstrates more innovation and better technology. And on top of that, 55% of them, so over half, were willing to to consider banking with a non-traditional financial institution like a large uh, tech firm such as Amazon, Apple, Google, PayPal, or Facebook. Is there anything in the research that suggests that Gen Z will be able to settle down with the preferred financial services provider? Or should financial services firms expect that they will need to keep delighting Gen Z in order to keep their engagement and their patronage? I mean, I really think that uh, we're in a highly competitive environment right now. We've got new digital banks and fintechs that are coming onto the scene. Traditional banks like Citizens have opened up, digital banks like Citizens Access. Investment banks like Goldman Sachs have opened up digital banks like Marcus. And there are new banks and models on the scene like Chime. This is still a regulated business. Not anyone can just enter. Bankers still need to have a charter. And there are some barriers to entry like brand and technology. But there is the possibility that the competition is going to come after your your customers. And 70% of Gen Z said they would be willing to switch from their current financial service provider to another financial service provider if, in fact, they offered better innovation and technology. So I think we're in a position, not just with Gen Z, but most generations, that you must continue to delight your customers. The switching costs are minimized. With a click, you can move your accounts to other organizations, and you need to make sure that you're continually providing the services that your customers are looking for. Otherwise, they will go somewhere else. You had in the article that Gen Z places a priority on privacy when it comes to their finances. That seems to run counter to the public way that they live the rest of their lives. So what do financial services institutions need to understand about Gen Z's privacy expectations? Yeah, I think you said something key in your question there, which is it seems counterintuitive to the rest of the the way in which they run the rest of their lives. It's a nice service to know that people who bought a certain product that you're buying bought a different product or that people that read this book read that book um, or watch this TV show, watch this type of TV show. It's helpful. But when it comes to the financial world, that's a very different part of people's lives than physical goods and the entertainment world. And so most people, in particular Gen Z, don't like uh, the big brother approach um, in their financial transactions. So while Gen Z might appreciate the fact that uh, they're alerted to a fraudulent transaction by way of credit card uh, with use of, say, artificial intelligence, they are not in favor of use of artificial intelligence invading and understanding how they're living their financial lives. They do like, however, technology that promotes security like fingerprints, retina scans, uh, speech patterns, things that help identify them. So they like technology and artificial intelligence when it helps reduce fraud. They're not interested in artificial intelligence coming through their financial transactions and providing them new financial offers. So it's no secret that Gen Z are heavy users of products and services of tech companies. So what about Gen Z using tech companies for their financial services? Well, as I mentioned um, a a bit earlier, half Gen Z, 55%, would uh, consider banking with a non-traditional financial institution like Amazon, Apple, or, or Google. But we've run past surveys that have asked the question very differently. So Um, In our most recent question, we asked if they would consider banking with one of those organizations. In others, we've asked, who do they trust? 
And then the numbers come back very differently, um, usually single digits for the uh, technology firms. So while they're willing to consider non-traditional, they really still trust uh, the financial institutions, the typical brands that we know today. I'm going to venture into my own opinion here, and it depends on what you mean by tech companies. And while I think some tech companies may pick off some specific products or services, uh, we're going to continue to see Gen Z utilizing the traditional banks that they trust. Uh, 82% of Gen Z says they'll use a single financial services organization if they offer what younger customers need. So there's a qualifier in there. So for traditional bankers, don't leave holes. Fill the shelves of valuable products that the younger generation wants and will use, and you'll continue to get their business. So being digital natives, we know that Gen Z values innovation, but what do we know about what they think about traditional banking channels? So three quarters of them prefer online uh, mobile and self-service channels. But tagging back to what I said earlier, they use the branch even more than boomers, more than any other generation. So they want it all. They want the physical presence to be available when needed, especially when they have more sophisticated products and transactions. The front edge of Gen Z is in the early 20s, so we can assume that most of them are early in their careers. And the majority likely have minimal account balances, and because they're still learning the ropes, they may want a lot of in-person support at a branch. So would it be smart business at this point for banks to be courting members of this generation? Absolutely. This is the generation that's in play. I happen to be a hockey fan, and you hear the great players say, pass the puck to where the player is going to be, not where they are standing today. And that's how the banks need to look at it. They need to make sure that they're working towards the Gen Z, which is the generation that's going to inherit the wealth of the boomers and work while they're competing for their business today so that they have developed those relationships. And when these customers grow into future financial needs, they've solidified those relationships have to look at this like an MPV calculation. What is the future value of the entire relationship today? And make sure that they're competing and delighting these customers now. So Gen Z is coming. And at 90 million strong, they're America's largest generation. And the banking industry needs to be ready for them. Carl Dahlgren, head of BAI Research Department, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you, Terry. Three takeaways from today's podcast with BAI's Carl Dahlgren. First, our survey suggests that Gen Z should not be viewed as merely a younger iteration of the millennials, so all of that thinking and planning for an all-digital future for banks may need a little fine-tuning. Gen Z wants financial advice and service delivered digitally, and they also want it delivered person-to-person. -person. One of the surprising findings from the BAI survey is that Gen Z uses the bank drive-up window even more than boomers do. And when bank branches reopen after COVID-19, you can probably expect Gen Z to show up in numbers at the indoor counters as well. Another key survey finding, Gen Z may live their regular lives out loud, using frequent social updates to document their styles, their meals, and what they're doing for fun, even when that fun is at suitable social distance. But that doesn't mean that Gen Z wants everything to be public. When it comes to their financial dealings, a little privacy, please. By all means, send that text alert flagging possible transaction fraud, but using a similar AI analysis of their actions to pitch them on a new product may not be as well received. And finally, youthful rebellion may be a rite of passage for each succeeding generation, 
However, our BAI survey shows that two-thirds of Gen Z will use the same financial institutions as mom and dad. Banks should think of this initial affinity as merely a head start in signing up the next generation of customers. That's because the survey also found that more than two-thirds of Gen Z say they won't hesitate to switch their loyalties to another financial services provider that offers better technology or other conveniences. We appreciate you joining us for the BAI Banking Strategies podcast. I'm Terry Badger, Managing Editor at BAI. And until next time, we hope you and yours stay healthy and safe.